Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is February 26th, and we will be reading paragraphs 440 through 447 today. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus accepted Peter's profession of faith, which acknowledged him to be the Messiah, by announcing the imminent passion of the Son of Man. He unveiled the authentic content of his messianic kingship both in the transcendent identity of the Son of Man, who came down from heaven, and in his redemptive mission as the suffering servant. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hence the true meaning of his kingship is revealed only when he is raised high on the cross. Only after his resurrection will Peter be able to proclaim Jesus' messianic kingship to the people of God. Let all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Roman numeral three, the only Son of God. In the Old Testament, Son of God is a title given to the angels, the chosen people, the children of Israel, and their kings. It signifies an adoptive sonship that establishes a relationship of particular intimacy between God and his creature. When the promised Messiah King is called Son of God, it does not necessarily imply that he was more than human, according to the literal meaning of these texts. Those who called Jesus Son of God as the Messiah of Israel perhaps meant nothing more than this. Such is not the case for Simon Peter when he confesses Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. For Jesus responds solemnly, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Similarly, Paul will write regarding his conversion on the road to Damascus, When he who had set me apart before I was born, and had called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. And in the synagogues immediately, Paul proclaimed Jesus, saying, He is the Son of God. From the beginning, this acknowledgement of Christ's divine sonship will be the center of the apostolic faith, first professed by Peter as the church's foundation. Peter could recognize the transcendent character of the Messiah's divine sonship because Jesus had clearly allowed it to be understood. To his accuser's question before the Sanhedrin, Are you the Son of God then? Jesus answered, You say that I am. Well before this, Jesus referred to himself as the Son, who knows the Father, as distinct from the servants God had earlier sent to his people. He is superior even to the angels. He distinguished his sonship from that of his disciples by never saying, Our Father, except to command them, You then, pray like this, Our Father. And he emphasized this distinction, saying, My Father and your Father. The Gospels report that at two solemn moments, the baptism and the transfiguration of Christ, the voice of the Father designates Jesus his beloved Son. Jesus calls himself the only Son of God, and by this title affirms his eternal pre-existence. He asks for faith in the name of the only Son of God, and the centurion's exclamation before the crucified Christ, Truly this man was the Son of God. 
that Christian confession is already heard. Only in the Paschal Mystery can the believer give the title Son of God its full meaning. After his resurrection, Jesus' divine sonship becomes manifest in the power of his glorified humanity. He was designated Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. The apostles can confess, we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Roman numeral four, Lord. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the ineffable Hebrew name, YHWH, by which God revealed himself to Moses, is rendered as Kyrios, Lord. From then on, Lord becomes the more usual name by which to indicate the divinity of Israel's God. The New Testament uses this full sense of the title Lord, both for the Father and, what is new, for Jesus, who is thereby recognized as God himself. Jesus ascribes this title to himself in a veiled way when he disputes with the Pharisees about the meaning of Psalm 110, but also in an explicit way when he addresses his apostles. Throughout his public life, he demonstrates his divine sovereignty by works of power over nature, illnesses, demons, death, and sin. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.